thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to Wellness Women Radio for the women with big dreams who dare to be different and who want to thrive in health, work and play. Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston bring you a weekly podcast to help you master true health and create an exceptional life. Welcome back, wellness women around the world. This is Ashley. And I'm Andrea. And we're going through part three of our Wellness Women Wellness Lifestyle Makeover Series. And today it's all about um, getting your clean home and creating a clean home environment, removing toxicity. And um, really, we're going to start with why it's so important to clear out the cupboards and um, get our our cleaning products and our our life and our home space really uh, toxic and free and really clean. We hope that you've all uh, gone through and done your uh, pantry clean out. You've looked at all the ingredients. You're starting to, you know, like trim the fat and, and getting rid of anything toxic that you're putting into your body. And again, this is this is all part of our six pillars of wellness. So if you go back to, to episode one um, and you have like a little recap of, of what those six pillars of wellness is, uh, this removing toxicity from every part of our life is so important. So today we're talking about removing toxicity from your environment because we need to create that baseline of really exceptional health and part of that starts from you know our our home the air we breathe the water we drink um, the things we use every single day and lovely listeners i ask you this question i mean how can you possibly be healthy if you are living in a toxic environment and so this is the question we want to answer today you know can we truly be healthy and live with exceptional health and well-being if our environment around us is toxic. And Andrea, I mean, you've got a great analogy for this one, and that's something that we both know from the amazing Dr. James Chestnut. Yeah, I wish I could take credit for this. Um, but James, uh, Dr. James Chestnut talks about this uh, concept of, for example, um, you know, we're here on the West Coast, we've got the beautiful Swan River. Imagine if all of the fish in the Swan River all of a sudden became really unwell and they were starting to die off. We wouldn't go and you know build little little tiny fish hospitals within the river. Uh, we wouldn't open the fish up and go, oh, okay, we need to fix this particular you know organ, or we need to give them this particular drug to fix them all. What would we do? We would look at the water itself. We would look at the environment that they're living within, and start to make changes to that to help restore their health. And the same is true for us as well. You know, sometimes we we look down to the absolute minutiae internally um, and go, okay, this this problem is wrong. Whereas we're not looking at that whole big picture and looking, you know, starting at home as well. And that is such a great launch pad for our patient's health. And that's something that we, we query to them every single day. Yeah, and I mean, recall when I was a kid, I had a fish tank in my bedroom and probably not the best place for a fish tank, but I like to look at them. <laughs> and I couldn't believe how often uh, my little, you know, tetras, anyone who's had their fish, it's probably the tetras, they get eaten off or die off and you just don't know what's happened to these fish and you keep cleaning the tank. And eventually we figured out I was actually over cleaning the tank. I was actually taking away some of the essential algae and things that the fish needed for living. Mm. So rather than trying to drop, you know, special chemicals in there to, to make my fish healthier, which I did 
start by doing the first time because uh, I didn't understand what fish biology was all about. But it was no different to, you know, our own home spaces. And it's exactly the same as that fish story that I made all mistakes with my fish. So I really don't want to make all those mistakes with myself and my own health. And that's what we're here to do today, to talk about how we can clean up our home space and reduce toxic environment um, effects on our body, nervous system, respiratory system. I mean, toxicity in our environment can cause so many non-specific health problems and often we start trying to fix those with other means when we really should be looking at our home spaces first. So I'll just sort of run your background into where this all came from. Um, it's amazing because back in the early 80s, there were some scientists in Germany started to look at why there was clusters of sickness in certain areas in certain home estates and it um, delved right back you know, into the World War II period where straight after World War II, there was a high demand for new houses for uh, you know, accommodating a growing population. And these rapidly built new houses were shown to have some unusual patterns of illness there. And what it was concluded was that those patterns could actually be attributed to the rapid construction of those buildings. And so this is something called bow biology, which is um, building biology. And here in Australia, we have the amazing, uh, I don't know if anyone has heard of her, but I certainly hope you do after today's episode. Her name is Nicole Bielsma, and she's an expert in building biology. And she's written this amazing book um, called Healthy Home, Healthy Family. And as a founding member of the Australian Society of Building Biologists, she's really well positioned to educate us on these sorts of things. So I've certainly listened to a lot of her information. I've read a lot of her stuff and I've also extended those um, by reading a lot more as well out there and around the world. There's so much information starting to come out about this stuff. So here in Perth, we have something that's happening quite uh, quite quickly, and that's the expansion of, of housing industry. There's a lot of expansion around the city going outwards and upwards, you know, north-south of the city, and all the advertising that is geared towards fast build, how quickly they can do it in the shortest amount of time. And I remember driving past um, a block nearby us where the concrete went down one week and it was like the walls were going up the next and a really interesting comment my husband made was, well, how can they be putting stuff straight down? Doesn't it need time to, you know, to cure and to breathe? And the reality is it actually does because these new builds are going up so quickly that they're creating something that um, we are not aware of. And that's a toxic internal environment because the emission of something called VOCs or volatile organic compounds. So have you ever bought a new car and jumped in the new car and just fallen in love with that new car smell. I mean, sometimes there's even reason why people go to car yards just to jump in a new car and oh, take the big breath in or, you know, a new house. And you think, um, wow, the smell of a new house. Well, what are you actually falling in love with there, Andrew? Yeah, or you smell like someone's new handbag or something. It's like, oh, it's got that new car smell. Yeah. Um, and that, that smell is actually the VOC. So the, the volatile organic compounds and it's the nasty stuff that comes off those chemicals. So it's the vape, the vapors that you get from those really toxic chemicals. And they're found in, you know, paints, coatings, soft furnishings, uh, you know, fossil fuels as well. Um, any of your adhesives, uh, your cleaning products, refrigerants, all of that sort of thing. Um, and for example, uh, formaldehyde 
is considered, you know, within this group. So that that's emitted from paint. Um, and we know historically that formaldehyde is also used to soften like kids' blankets and textures and, um, you know, soft furnishings and things like that, but was also what made everybody crazy and gave the Mad Hatter syndrome. So we know that there's no safe, allowable levels of formaldehyde around us that won't make us sick. Um, so Mad Hatter yeah. wasn't just um, the Alice in Wonderland. It was no. actually a medical condition. Yeah, yeah wow. absolutely. And that was from that toxic environmental overload. Yep, yep. That they would use to soften um, their, their hats. Um, so the textiles that they use for the hats. Uh, the reason the VSDs are so particularly harmful is because of their prevalence um, and their link to pretty serious conditions like leukemia and lymphoma. Uh, and they're particularly dangerous to you know, children and infants who are most susceptible. Um, and just think, you know, if your kids are running around or crawling around on all the floors um, in a brand new home, that, that's a pretty scary thing to think about. Um, these things are also linked to some other pretty horrendous side effects and health complications uh, like respiratory illnesses, allergic reactions, immune effects. Um, they can irritate the ears, eyes, nose and throat, can give headaches, um, you know, also associated with loss of coordination, nausea. Um, it's a hepatotoxin as well or a liver toxin can damage the kidneys and the central nervous system. So our brain, our spinal cord. Uh, and the list goes on and on. So have we got you freaking out yet? Because you're probably sitting there in your nice new home where you've enjoyed your new car. <laughs> Not willing to breathe. <laughs> yeah, you're holding your breath thinking, oh my goodness, please, um, just what we're here to do today is not to terrify you about your beautiful new things. And uh, we applaud you for having the... the uh, opportunity to create new things in your life but what we do want to suggest is that there are some great ways where you can help to reduce the risks involved with the chemical emissions that come off a lot of the things we use in our, our home and lifestyle and that's what we're going to dive into um, you know where we can start I mean a big one that we're going to talk about now today is um, the effect of you know these things on how they bioaccumulate so if we're going to look at bioaccumulation let's start with something so simple like the water we drink yeah, great. Uh, and especially if you're building a brand new house, this is something that you might want to really think about. Or, you know, if you're in your existing property and you don't have a water filtration system, now is probably the time to start to think about it. And you can get some really good quality water filters um, that won't require installation and won't cost the earth as well. Um, but the water we drink is critical. You know, our bodies are about 70% water approximately. Um, our blood's about 60% water. I think the muscle tissue is about 75% from, from memory. I'm trying to go back to my, <laughs> you know, my physiology from years and years ago. Um, but just general normal tap water can have up to a hundred different chemicals in it. Um, some of those include chlorine, fluoride, um, even lead, there's a reason we don't use lead-based paints anymore. Uh, we certainly don't want to be drinking that. Um, and they also are absolutely going to uh, include, you know, the pesticides and the herbicide chemicals um, from, from the environment. Um, something that's really interesting, before, you know, World War II, before the 1940s, most of the pesticides that were used at that time weren't water-soluble or um, wouldn't dissolve in water. Whereas nowadays, they will are. So our, um, our water systems are all tainted with that and with toxic levels of some of these herbicides and pesticides, which are really detrimental to our health. Um, there are ways to get rid of them and there are ways to have really great clean drinking water. Um, I think the gold standard is sort of that reverse osmosis 
filtration system that you can have installed. Um, I mean, me personally, I've just got a really simple, uh, you know, countertop um, water filter called, um, uh, it's called a Gen 2 EcoBud that you know, alkalizes the water, removes the chlorine up to 98% of the fluoride, it's BPA free, all of that sort of thing. Um, and they're not expensive uh, and it makes the water taste great as well. Um, so that, that's a really good, nice, simple option. And certainly all water filters are not made equal, are they? So it's really important that you do your homework and you find out what products are being marketed or available in, you know, in your part of the world, wherever you live. And what um, the best thing to do is often to ask you know, your naturopaths or people who are in the healthcare industry who are using them and can tell you what brands you might be able to have access to a lot easier wherever you are. Um, but having any water filtration system is certainly better than none. So yes. that's the starting point. But in order to, you know, put your money in the right place, you definitely need to look into, you know, which filtration system is going to work best for your home and your home space. So we are, encourage you to look into water filtration as a really important part of your, your home space. Um, that's, you know, going back into that kitchen area saying how do we make our kitchen the healthiest place possible? If we're going to wash off our fruits and vegetables, let's not wash off some pesticides and then, you know, add some chlorine and fluoride there because you've just rinsed it in. Uh, in the regular tap water so making sure that you, you know you bring healthful choices into your kitchen space when you're food preparing but also into the water we drink every day we have to be drinking two to three liters you know on average a day so let's make sure that water is really healthful for us and it's not just to remove some of those uh toxic things um and the sediment and all of that sort of thing but it's also to stop the detrimental effects of those things so we've talked about some of the dangers of you know some of the chemicals so the herbicides and pesticides and we've talked at length about endocrine disruptors and that's what all of these are so you certainly want to be avoiding them in the plastics which we've gone over already and also in the water that we drink and it's just about making these small steps to making sure that everything is as clean as possible Certainly. And I think while we're on the, uh, the area of, you know, base elements, we've just gone through air. Uh, we're not going through fire or, or earth <laughs> just yet, but we're going to go through, sorry, we went through water. We're going to go through air now um, because air quality in your home space is something that's just really, really important. Um, and, you know, going back to the, that historical context of where biology came from was this idea that um, something called sick building syndrome, where there was those clusters of, of illnesses related to the environment that people were sitting in all day working in or living in and so having importantly you know air quality is is a big one and that comes for things like the heating the ventilation your air conditioning and making sure those things are also very uh clean and not having you know detrimental germs and bacteria in those areas that could actually be contributing to things like respiratory illness allergies immune system problems you know ear nose throat problems uh, and again the headaches and the, the issues on the nervous system as well so we know how important really clean air is if you look at sick plants in an environment you know inside your house you think okay what are they not getting that they need to to be healthy and grow and you know water which we've already covered um sunlight but also th that environment as well um you know that the air is is their food so that that's pretty important um here are some really easy tips just to have a look around your environment and see if your air is clean. Um, so, you know, just minimize your chemical pollutants. We're going to go into these in more detail.
detail shortly. Um, but just have a look around the room, see what you can get rid of. Um, keep keep it clean and fresh. Um, so, you know, washing uh, dunas, blankets, that sort of thing regularly. Um, put them out in the sunshine um, to really, you know, aerate them and, and keep them clean. Um, remove, build up or, you know, in cupboards and things like that. Don't overstock them. Um, really good idea to get your place checked for black mold because that is really really toxic um, and can be one of those underlying causes of so many different um, allergens and um, allergic reactions and and immune compromising effects um, so if you've got any queries about that i wouldn't hesitate to get someone in to check your place for mold um, so and that comes into controlling the, mu the the moisture within the air and keeping a really good level of humidity um, by using dehumidifiers and that sort of thing especially in winter you know for us here in perth it rains sort of every other day in winter um, the place can get pretty dark and dank um, if if you don't have these sorts of things uh, and that also includes um, ensuring you have proper ventilation. So get the windows open as often as you can. That fresh air, well, as fresh as it can possibly be, um, you know, is so important. So and get everything outside as well in the sunshine, in the fresh air to really aerate them too. Um, part of the, you know, avoiding or you're minimizing your chemical exposure can come down to some of the things that we don't even think about. So how many houses do you walk into and they've got those um, plug-in air sprays or like the know, room fresheners yeah, yeah the, like that fragrance yeah. okay yeah yep. um so they've got the those fragrances or even um the bug sprays the the timed the metered bug sprays um on the walls those are pretty scary um mm. so so does everybody remember um i think louis the fly and the mortine ads and things like that and you know it's become uh, become pretty famous uh, especially here in australia um but bug sprays, anything that is potent enough to kill insects, um, especially cockroaches that could survive a bloody apocalypse. Um, <laughs> and they survive the ice age. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They yeah. cannot be good for our health. And we know this um, historically as well. So um, one of the things that's in insect repellents is a product called DEET, D-E-E-T. Um, and, you know, also DDT that we've seen um, has huge environmental impacts in the past. Um, it actually interferes with our nervous system. It's particularly dangerous again to small kids probably because of that chemical buildup and exposure um, and so you can have symptoms from these simple bug sprays that include things like dizziness disorientation seizures and even death um, and this actually comes from a time magazine report um, that was contributed from the environmental working group in the u.s so this is a fairly high level working agency that um, set the standard for these sorts of things and so but admitting to that is really quite profound yeah. because in this day and age a lot of science does try and cover up the, uh, the cold hard truth but they have been you know clear enough to say that the effects are you know indisputable you can't hide them you you have to be telling people this is what's happening isn't it uh ash what do you use for insect repellent um, in your house 
Oh gosh, we so all my insect repellents come from natural brands. They nearly all always have been uh, homemade concoctions. Uh, there's certainly lots of brands from health food stores that I can get um, with natural insect repellents that are low nasties, mm-hmm. but they still do have the the effects enough to keep mosquitoes away. So always, they would be D E E T free. Free. Oh, yeah. absolutely. And there's no question on the bottle as well. Yeah, deep free. Um, and you know a lot of them as well are trying to use ones that are the alcohol free as well you'll see on bottles uh, too so some of them come in creams gels they're great because then you can topically apply them mm-hmm. uh, just always tricky keeping away from eyes and face and <laughs> things like that but look if that's the small price you pay you know for having something on your skin that's not toxic then I'll happily do that so yeah I just don't use the commercial brands for um, for any sort of bug, bug sprays uh, when it comes down to keeping bugs off me but also keeping bugs out of the home we just actually don't have bug spray at all so uh well i guess i should probably tell you what i do use instead of bug spray um because it's quite funny if you don't uh have too much uh i guess attachment an attachment to creatures or you know you really just don't want them in your home and life if you can't displace them i always say put a little container over it slide a piece of paper underneath and try and relocate them you know take them outside where they belong um, but if you really must spray something because you you feel you know threatened by it then you're probably best off you know using a uh, electric bug zapper and you see them now they are around in stores my husband had one and you know i thought in europe it was quite funny because you don't get bugs compared to what we get here and um yeah and it's a like it's a just using a 12 volt battery or whatever little battery it comes with and and use that creature so sure it's electric uh uh, death but yeah we apologize to all you Buddha, Buddhists <laughs> <laughs> yeah for anyone who doesn't believe in killing things I, I personally relocate them so yeah. you know but if there was something really harmful really dangerous and I couldn't catch it safely then I might try an arm's length approach and that would be the electric zapper so still don't spray things though I definitely do not spray in the house because I believe that anything you put into the air is potentially breathed in and when you breathe it in it causes a change or an effect on your health you know whatever you breathe in has the potential to to help or harm you um either way uh, so those are some really easy tips uh, to to look at your air environment so where else are we looking um as to get rid of some of those um chemical pollutants within our home uh so we're certainly looking underneath the kitchen sink to all of our cleaning products uh in the bathroom as well um our hand sanitizer yeah, uh, simple hand soaps, hand washes. Yeah, yeah, and uh, this is really interesting. So any of the antibacterial, um, I've got a bit of an anecdote um, that I like to use. And look, I can't, um, I can't back this up with anything, but it was just really interesting. When I was in India a couple of years ago, um, we were there for a few weeks working with some really sick people, um, seeing thousands and thousands of people while we were over there. And we were with a group of about 30 of us. And... Um, those of us who used hand sanitizer religiously, uh, you know, after every patient, they would they would use it before and after, you know, touching anything at all. Uh, so, you know, 20 or 30 times a day were actually the ones that got the most sick while we were over there, which I think is really interesting. That's um, curious, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, you know, I was fortunate I didn't get sick at all. I, you know, hardly used any of that sort of stuff while we were there. I mean, we were certainly very conscious about our cleanliness because we were dealing with patients. Um, but those ones were the ones that got the most sick. I can't attribute it to any other factor except that, um, which really is... interesting. So why do the MRB, I mean, what are in hand sanitizers? What sort of things have we got in a hand sanitizer or an antibacterial hand soap? Well, there's some pretty nasty chemicals 
in them, um, including lots of perfumes. Um, we were talking about the, the esters that come off or the vapors and the fumes that come off the alcohol that's in it. Yeah, so they're, they're man-made fragrances. So yeah. they're chemical compounds designed in a laboratory and put into our products um, to give it a fragrant or smell. I mean, there's, there's a classic chemical ester which gives the old uh, banana lollies the strong banana flavor or the strong banana smell, strong strawberry smell, like all of these fragrances we have, you know, hand soaps that have strong vanilla smells. That's not natural vanilla essence. That's a chemical compound called an ester. And uh, as well as that, there's, uh, there's a product that's found um, that's called triclosan, which is essentially an antimicrobial um, that's used in, the, you know, the antibacterial hand soaps and things like that, but also in any of the dishwashing detergents and any sprays or cleaning products that say that they're essentially antimicrobial or antibacterial. So it's a product that will kill all of those bugs, so good, bad, or otherwise. Um, the the American Medical Association have stated that they've found no evidence that these antimicrobials uh, are actually beneficial to our health, and there's actually a growing level of concern as to whether or not they are contributing to this level of potent antibiotic resistance that is prevalent throughout all of the Western world at the moment, which I think is really, really interesting. And particularly that we're cleaning our skin. I mean, our skin is a microbiome in itself. It has good bugs, doesn't it? And our skin is just crawling with bugs. Horrible uh, thought to think. But the reality is that's also helping us stay well and stay healthy um, because of the regular contact we have with things. It's creating uh, immune responses to those which then we then respond accordingly when we do encounter them again. So rather than having overreactive immune systems because we're never exposed to anything, um, small regular doses like the whole kid thing of, you know, let your kid eat sand and <laughs> let them get their peck of dirt is this idea that we do need some exposure to microbes in order for us to have a stronger, more robust immune system. I think it's synonymous with uh, overexposure to antibiotic use. So we know that taking antibiotics kills all that really good beneficial bacteria in our gut. So does using these antimicrobial um, or the anti, you know, bugs hand sanitizers over and over again, and including any antimicrobial stuff in our cleaning products too. Um, yeah, so we do want your house to be clean. We want <laughs> to be healthy and Absolutely. friendly, but we don't necessarily um, believe that it should be totally antibacterial from um, some wall to ceiling to floor to, to door frame to door handle to tap handle to to the entire surface of the entire house. Um, because what I mean, the thing is, the cleaning your home is the unhealthier it actually may be because of some of these toxic cleaning products that you're using um, that are often made from not only toxic chemicals and esters and compounds we just talked about but also from the petro petrochemical based um foundation that they've been created from so there's just so many i mean usually like here's some name drops but you know spray and white mr sheen gif all of these regular day-to-day -day chemicals we use in our house they just aren't good for us. You know, we can't put this in any other way. There's no nice way around this to say some are better than others. The regular chemical brands are not good for us. So we do actually suggest, you know, a simpler, a cheaper, so definitely more cost-effective approach is actually to make your own cleaning products because these are some things that you will have in your own home that you probably have no idea that you could have just whipped them up into into a GIF style cleaner and you know and made your bathroom sparkle without all these nasty awful toxic sprays that might make your home smell good but every time you you're having these sprays and they they smell good to you you really should be thinking of 
toxic chemical bomb has just gone off in your room. And I think we need to use just a lot of common sense around these things. What do most people do when they go to do a bit of spring cleaning? They will put on, you know, heavy duty rubber gloves. Some people even wear, you know, a mask when they use these products. If you have to take those steps, there's a damn good chance that none of these things are good for our health. If you look at the chemicals and, and the list of ingredients there, if you cannot pronounce them, if you cannot understand them, or you don't know what they are, you shouldn't be using them. And it's the same The same goes for things we put on our skin. If you don't know what it is, if you can't eat it, if it's not safe, then you absolutely should not be cleaning with it. Um, and, you know, I have to kind of make a bit of a confession here that I am a lot of things, but certainly a domestic goddess is not one of them. Um, Ashley, I know that you've got some incredible safe cleaning easy hacks at home. Um, and so I can't wait to hear some of those. I... Um, actually have a cleaner that comes to my house twice a week um, which I love <laughs> but the benefit of that is she was very very open to using you know microfiber cloths um, you know really healthy safe uh, green products rather than those chemicals it might make the job a little bit harder or take a little bit longer but she was really open to doing that and that was um, you know a, a no-go zone for me was to have those chemicals and I don't want something used on my floor that my dog is going to lick that's not safe for him yeah and, and did you ask this cleaner to to have that transitional change or did she come with uh, a green style of, of cleaning well how did that come about well fortunately she came highly recommended because of her ability and knowledge with these products um, excellent so she uses enyo products which are fantastic you sometimes you don't need any other um, thing to add to it to make that really effective and we also use um, the brand Earthwise um, which are the other things for anything that we do need something for um, they've got a really good website everything is um, biodegradable and it, they usually state the days of which it will biodegrade as well which Fabulous. gives it a bit more beef than you know something just planting a label on it saying it's you know biodegradable um, they're not tested on animals which is a very high priority for me and they list all of their ingredients too okay which um, brings us to a point about greenwashing we yes. were talking about greenwashing and that was this idea that we're using eco biologic uh what else organic um, natural these are all quote unquote and it doesn't mean earth friendly anything. yeah yeah they're they're just they're, they're catchphrase words they're current trending words and they're being used without any sort of authority or governing body saying you can and can't use them a lot of the time so and just because something states it's against animal testing doesn't mean it doesn't do it yes sadly um that's the case so look how about we give some ideas because you want to know how to reduce the chemical exposure in your own home you want to know how to make it safe for yourself and your children and family and your friends and you want to make sure that you're reducing some of these um potent and very potentially dangerous effects on your health and well-being so to do that i would suggest you grab a list right now get out um pen and paper and you're going to write down a couple of these things number one baking soda number two white vinegar uh, number three, I think you'll have to throw in there some microfiber cloths and you'll also need some things like some lemon juice and, uh, something a little bit better than bleach is hydrogen peroxide. So some people will do want to, you know, remove molds and, and whitening effect. Then you want a plain hydrogen peroxide and not nasty bleach. So you've got baking soda, white vinegar, um, microfiber cloths, and you might even want just an empty spray bottle so that you can create your own little cocktails together and some essential oils. You might want some lavender or orange essence oil, uh, something else that gives your home a nice fresh fragrance without a chemical ester. You're using a natural oil, which is a really exciting thing to do. And it smells great and you feel good about it too. 
So look, baking soda, let's talk about that. I mean, that's the simple one. That's the, the GIF alternative. That's one you can use uh, to scrub your bathroom and kitchen. And all you have to do is just sprinkle it on surfaces um, that have been gently wetted already. So just a little bit of light water on there. Now, sometimes you'll see it bubbling and, and things. It's not going to damage ceramics and it certainly won't damage things like stainless steel. You don't want to, like sort of scrub heavily and abrasively but giving it a light rub after it's been sitting there for a few minutes you'll start to find things lift off quite easily um, and that's where you can also use your lavender and your tea tree oil because they have some great antibacterial properties so you can make a little cocktail of that which is um, really simple and safe there's another really bubbly combination you can create and that's your baking soda mixed with some apple cider vinegar and the um, effect of the baking soda with apple cider creates this um, bubbling and it's great as a drain cleaner and it's cool because a lot of things like if you do have water that hasn't been um, uh, using one of it like we were talking about using a filtration system then you will get calcium buildups so anyone who has calcium in their water the high calc uh, effect on taps fittings and drains then the apple cider vinegar and the baking soda is a much much safer option than these nasty toxic toxic drain cleaners but not to mention think about the environmental effect too you know once you've washed them down the sink and down the drain just because you don't see them anymore or don't smell them anymore it goes through our water system and our water system is something that is not just for your home but your entire community you know and it goes into our rivers lakes dams and all the other places so we should really be thinking carefully about what we're putting down our drain so by making your own cleaners you can guarantee that they're environmentally friendly as well i love that the baking soda and the apple cider vinegar combo because that's that um that bubbling or or the the kind of emulsification that it, that happens there is a hell of a lot safer than that soapy um, sodium lauryl sulfate effect, yes. which is found in you know shampoos, toothpaste, um, soaps, anything. Um, anything that essentially um, foams, it's like that foaming agent, um, but sodium lauryl sulfate is a neurotoxin, whereas this stuff is absolutely not. No, and that's that's exciting. That's the fun part about it too. I mean, some people might know this little trick though. Um, a, a small, a half cup or a cup of white vinegar in your laundry with your regular detergents, which is obviously going to be chemical-free, um, is amazing because it helps to fluff up towels as well. And so these are all the little tricks. Like, you know, I really encourage people to do some homework look into this, go into your, you know, your favourite um, Green Living websites and find out some of these tips and tricks. And we'll share some of them as well on our Facebook page because when you start to know about these things, you start to see the world in a totally different way. You start to realise you don't need to spend lots of money on all these fancy cleaners and whatever you need is always in your kitchen. It's really, you know, it's just so simple. It makes um, this whole idea of cleaning a little bit more fun than, you know, oh, I've got to clean. Well, you can just sprinkle some baking soda around. It's almost like you're doing some kitchen cooking. It's it's really not that hard at all. Um, I think there's a few other things too. I mean, stuff like your commercial window cleaners, they are just so dangerous. They just emit so many odors. They're not good for us. You're much better off using a microfiber fabric cloth and a little bit of um, white vinegar in water. Okay. And that solution is fantastic. It gets rid of all your bugs and things. You can actually leave it to soak for a little bit and then give your window a light scrub and then use your squeegee to really get rid of all the, the, the marks off the window as well. So there's just, again, non-toxic ways of doing things. Um, I mean, I think there's just one of those things we're asking you to do is explore. Explore this idea of creating a green home space, but truly green, not a, a pseudo-green home which has got, you know, somewhat good enough uh, products. It's about just using basic elements, isn't it, Andrea? Um, I love some of this stuff. I'm totally going to make some of these suggestions to my cleaning 
uh, person and see if she's happy to incorporate some of this. Uh, and I love the, the vinegar. You don't have to use fabric softeners yes. to, to soften and fluff up your towels. It's perfect. Yeah, and hydrogen peroxide. You know, it's talking about the alternative to bleach, the chlorine bleach, um, which, again, is there for disinfecting and whitening. But hydrogen peroxide is a much better option. And you can also use lemon juice because lemon juice is also a whitener. So be careful where you put these things. Remember, certain kitchen mm. surfaces are not great for, for lemon juice, um, particularly with certain polishes and finishes on surfaces. But if you do a little bit of homework and find what's safe and what's not, then you'll know exactly where you can put these things and where you won't. I actually use hydrogen peroxide as a mouthwash. There you go. Yeah. Um, and and why do you do that? Um, because it kills bugs. Fabulous. Um, yeah. And also it's a whitener as well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when you switch it around your mouth, it will build up in an area where there's, you know, bacteria um, and is a lot safer than using any of the other, you know, really toxic chemical mouthwashes as well. And I use it to clean my toothbrush too because it will just keep it really nice and sanitized without... So here we are talking about green, healthy products. I mean, Andrew's just talked about cleaning her, her mouth with hydrogen peroxide. And <laughs> I don't know how my dentist would feel about that, but that's okay. <laughs> and um, and this, on the flip side, you can also be cleaning your toilet with it too. Yeah. So, you know, it's just Just great. not at the same time with not, the same things. Yeah, <laughs> no. Um, yeah, so look, hopefully that's given you some ideas and some inspiration as to why you want to clean up your home life and your home space. You've got to realize that there's so many things you can avoid so easily. You know, if you do have a new home, make sure it's well ventilated. You know, open up the doors and windows. Make sure you're switching around cleaning products. I mean, literally go into your kitchen or, or your laundry right now and throw out all the chemicals. You just don't need them. Look at the ingredients list. Um, you know, stick to products that you can understand with short ingredients lists um, that you can pronounce as well. Or... Just like Ash said, um, you know, stick to that list that she just gave you. It's perfect. Super. So, look, I hope you guys have um, tuned in long enough now. This is some stuff that we want to go through today. It's part of our Wellness Makeover series because we want you to have the foundations and that's the building blocks to start your wellness journey and to make sure that the life you're creating is one that's not going to be pseudo-green, as we've been talking about, but an actually quality green living lifestyle that's going to make your health and the people around you's health that much better just by following some really simple lifestyle strategies so thanks for tuning in. Uh, we look forward to seeing you next week as well. You can please give us feedback. Um, we would love to hear from you. You can find us on Facebook on www.facebook.com forward slash The Wellness Women uh, or on our website, uh, thewellnesswomen.com.au. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, we would love to hear from you. So, you know, give us a five-star rating if you feel that we deserve it. Um, and we will look forward to hearing you next time. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.